welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 107. You have some pretty whacked out theories, said Shadow. Nothing theoretical about it, young man, said Wednesday. You should have figured that out by now. There was only one ticket window open. We stopped selling tickets in half an hour, said the girl. It takes at least two hours to walk around, you see. Wednesday paid for their tickets in cash. Where's the rock, asked Shadow. Under the house, said Wednesday. Where's the house? Wednesday put his fingers to his lips and they walked forward. Farther in, a player piano was playing something that was intended to have been Ravel's bolero. The place seemed to be a geometrically reconfigured 1960s bachelor pad with open stonework, pile carpeting, and magnificently ugly mushroom-shaped stained glass lampshades. Up a winding staircase was another room filled with knickknacks. They say this was built by Frank Lloyd Wright's evil twin, said Wednesday. Frank Lloyd wrong. He chuckled at his joke. I saw that on a t-shirt, said Shadow. Up and down more stairs, and now they were in a long, long room made of glass that protruded, needle-like, out over the leafless black-and-white countryside, hundreds of feet below them. Shadow stood and watched the snow tumble and spin. This is the house on the rock, he asked, puzzled. More or less, this is the infinity room, part of the actual house, although a late addition. But no, my young friend, we have not scratched the tiniest surface of what this house has to offer. So according to your theory, said Shadow, Walt Disney World would be the holiest place in America. Wednesday frowned and stroked his beard. Walt Disney bought some orange groves in the middle of Florida and built a tourist town on them. No magic there of any kind. Although I think there might be something real in the original Disneyland, there may be some power there, although twisted and hard to access. There's definitely nothing out of the ordinary about Disney World. But some parts of Florida are filled with real magic. You just have to keep your eyes open. Ah, for the mermaids of Wiki Follow me this way. And that's our page. We're finally at the House on the Rock, and it's one of my favorite sections of the book, which I pretty much say for every section of the book, so I guess take that with a grain of salt. It's one of those things, though, that when I first read the book, I thought, oh, this can't be real. But magically and wonderfully it is. The House on the Rock is the platonic ideal of the tourist trap. It shouldn't exist in real life, and yet there it is in Iowa County, Wisconsin, between Dodgeville and Spring Green. It took 14 years to build. Construction began in 1945 and was completed, and that's loosely completed, in 1959. The rock in question is Deer Shelter Rock, a column standing 18 meters high, about 60 feet, and one of the main attractions is a ridiculously large carousel, but we can get to that in just a few pages. Wednesday jokes that it was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright's brother, Frank Lloyd Wrong, which I haven't seen on a t-shirt like Shadow says, but it was in an episode of C-Lab 2021, so I guess it's kind of everywhere. Though supposedly some parts of the House on the Rock are reminiscent of Frank Lloyd Wright's work, but I don't have any architectural knowledge to back that up, just vaguely sourced things on the internet. The house itself was designed by Alex Jordan Jr., and the lengthy construction process was brought, was begun by Jordan, though additions have been made as recently as 2008, so the process does continue onward, and it was all supposedly to spite Frank Lloyd Wright. The Infinity Room that Wednesday mentions was completed in 1985, and is considered the 14th room of the house. It stands out 218 feet, or about 66 meters, and there are no supports below it, which sounds pretty nightmarish to me. There are 3,000 windows in it, and Wednesday is still correct when he says that there's plenty left to see in the house. We'll see some of it in the coming pages. Shadow jokes that Disney World must be the holiest place in America to Wednesday, and Wednesday does not take it as a joke. He treats it very seriously and gives it some thought, which especially makes sense because 
locations like this are very important to the new gods. Disney World was opened in 1971 in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, while Disneyland opened in 1955. I also thought all this time that Disney World was technically in Orlando, and I've been wrong. Um, I'm curious, though, if Wednesday considers Disney World to be like a cynical cash grab, trying to recreate the magic of the original Disneyland, but I don't know exactly why he would think that one has at least a modicum of power while the other does not have any. I do like that he acknowledges there's some power in Disneyland, but it's twisted, and I feel like there's a short story or maybe somewhere in American Gods 2 will get a deeper dive into what that actually means. Wikiwachi is a couple of hours south of Orlando and Disney World and has a population of 12 people. The city is a bit larger than the previously discussed Black Earth, Wisconsin at about a full square mile in area, or 2.7 kilometers square. For some reason, though, there's two public schools serving the population. I didn't really look into it too deeply, but that just jumped out at me as very strange, but perhaps they have people coming in from other places or something like that. The Mermaids Wednesday mentions are men and women in mermaid costumes, though this kind of attraction is certainly more in line with what Wednesday has been talking to up to this point. Disney's built on the back of Mickey Mouse in a number of public domain properties, and though a large amount of early Disney films were done in large part by immigrants, there's a certain level of cynicism that informs the money-making properties of modern Disney, especially considering that Mickey Mouse should have been in the public domain decades ago, but Disney lobbied to change the laws themselves to keep the character in their own hands. And it's especially disappointing, given that they used a number of -of out-of-copyright properties to make their films, like Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland, and similar things. A place like Wikiwichi is similar, but more in line with a number of mythologies and folklores that come to form the modern perception of the mermaid. And then, of course, there's the Little Mermaid as a modern interpretation of what a mermaid is, which is Disney all over again. And so I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm starting to ramble, and I'm also starting to veer pretty far off the page. So I think I'll just finish up by saying that I think Wednesday is a bit leery of Disney World because he recognizes it as a sort of power, but I think it's a modern power and thus might be more in line with the new gods than it would be with the old, while Wikiwachi is simultaneously more and less authentic. It's not real mermaids, but there's something to the the more simple costumes and the the simpler, smaller sorts of shows that I think maybe he find something to root for there, especially because I'm sure he sees himself as a bit of an underdog in this fight. And he is. We can certainly talk about that more as the... Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. You can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash... Ooh, what's my slash? Worldbeyondpodcast. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as a theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.